we looked at if you don't have mercy, what are the consequences? And we looked at number one, you become what? A destitute. A destitute of mercy. In fact, you don't have it. So in everything you do, you have issues and problems because the mercy is not manifesting. You lose. You try to look for anything else. You keep on having problems. You get into a level where you say, Papa, I have problem after another problem. It is because sometimes it is being a destitute. Sometimes it's when you are a destitute. You need to pray a simple prayer. God, I need your mercy. Mercy will come upon you. And that's why we're all here. I want us to see something here. All right? Number one, if you don't have mercy, you become a destitute. Number two, you fall by the hands of men. All right? You fall by the hands of men. By the schemes of the enemy. What the devil plans against you, you fall by it. You heard me, right? Every plan the enemy plans against you, it hits you and you fall. And this is a thing you must never accept to be happening around you. Never allow to fall by the device of the enemy. I'm telling you, it looks so cool and so good. The way you are sitting like that, it looks so amazing and so good. But if I can show you the other side, what is being planned, you can actually pray the whole night until tomorrow morning. I'm telling you, if I can just say, God, open their eyes. Show them what, what the enemy is planning about them. Some of you, you pray and stop for 10 hours. You'll be like, no, 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 what I'm seeing now. Ah, 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 ah. If you can only see what's being planned. You do not need to fall by the hand of man. There are powers. The Bible says the righteous may have many problems, but the Lord shall deliver him out of them all. Did you hear that? How? It is only when that righteous has mercy. Tonight I'll explain to you something that is very important. Hey, Jesus. Are you here? Are you here? So, number one, you become a destitute. Number two, you fall. Any plan of the enemy, if he plans to say your business must not work, your business collapses. Your marriage must not work, your marriage collapses. You don't have mercy. Anything that the enemy, you fall by the hand, by the sword of the enemy. Somebody say, I need mercy now. I need mercy now. Say, I call for the mercy. I call for the mercy. We have a lot of people right now who have fallen. You see, you ask them, they'll tell you, like, I, did, I had this, it went down. I had this, it went down. I was planning that, it didn't work. I was planning, listen to me, there is no any other option. It is mercy. Mercy does not fail. The Bible says it is new every morning. It doesn't fail. Number three, for you to know there is no mercy in your life. Number three. What happens with you? And this is the most important aspect that I want to show you. You are marked for slaughter. If there is no mercy around you, you become marked for what? For slaughter. 
for slaughter. What does that mean to you? You know, there are people who are marked for slaughter. Do you know that? There are people who are marked for slaughter. Do you know, do you know there are so many people right now who are marked, who marriages, we have marriages that are marked for slaughter. You are still together, things are moving, but it's just waiting for a day that marriage will collapse because the enemy has marked it. Am I talking to somebody here? Do you know Judas was marked? The Bible says he was born. He was born for destruction. The Bible says he was actually born for that. He was actually marked. I'm not talking to somebody here. Do you know, do you know Peter? He was marked to be destroyed. And Jesus said, hey, Peter, you were actually marked. The enemy wanted you, but I have prayed for you. Jesus said to Peter, he said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus was addressing Peter because the devil had entered Peter. Peter said, me, Satan. He said, yeah, get behind me. A devil left Peter. But when he took bread, the Bible said when he took bread and gave Judas, Satan entered him. And Jesus never said, get behind me. Are you seeing how mercy works? Another person, Peter, Jesus rebukes the devil out of Peter and he tells him another day, the devil wanted you, but I have prayed for you. But he does not go to Judas and he said, the devil wanted you and I've prayed for you. The difference is one was marked for slaughter. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? One was marked. And because he was marked, and he never prayed for mercy, not in a single day. If you don't have mercy, you need the mercy now. I have seen projects moving so well, but if the devil marks it for slaughter, say this one, I have marked it for destruction. It will fall. Am I talking to somebody here? Oh, yes. Now, so how does it happen? Now, let me just show you a very important aspect because we are about to pray today. We need to stop the enemy. Now that you know this teaching, you will know certain things. Some of you, your things have taken a long time before they happen. Somebody shout mercy. Mercy. Some of you, your things are taking so long to manifest somebody shout mercy. mercy you will see what will happen all you need is mercy when mercy comes things change if you are marked i'm telling you the truth some of you you how your life is moving like this it's like you you are marked that things must be fading in your life we want to change that when mercy comes things will just change somebody raise up your hands as i receive the mercy Raise up your hands and say, receive the mercy. You need mercy right now. Right now. You need it. Now hear this. So tonight I'll be sharing with you about a very important thing that I, I hope it will just give you a certain understanding. So for you to know that you don't have mercy, every time you want to do something, it's like something will just come and, and affect it. That is falling under what? Hands of men. Hear me. Ever heard somebody saying, whatever I want to try to do, it will start well, but does not work properly. There is no another question about it. There is no mercy. 
you are marked. How do you know that this is marked for slaughter? I'll just give you a very good example. A very good example. All right? And you do not need a mark. That mark must be removed. Amen. You don't need it. Amen. You don't need a mark. One time, one time somebody came to me and said, Ah, Papa, ah, your grace. Ah, your grace is too powerful. I said, Oh, what happened? He said, e, This month only, I had four accidents and I survived. Ah, you're anointing. I'm like, eh, 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 you're, even, you're, even, you're even happy. This is not my anointing. I said, you are marked. In the first place, these accidents are not supposed to be happening. Can you imagine? <laughs> this guy is rejoicing that he's been surviving. I, I said, no, 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 no. I said, you are marked. We need to remove the mark. How do you know there's a mark? In marriage, you just be fighting in a relationship. Trust you, just know that your relationship is marked. It is about to fall. The enemy has marked it. There is a mark. You need mercy. We need to remove that mark now. How do you know you are marked? You just get sick. You are healed. Another time is another disease. Another time you are, it's another day, it's another sickness. Another day is another problem. Another, you are marked. We need to remove that mark now. Because the enemy, there is a reason why he is bringing those sicknesses and diseases in your body. Am I talking to somebody here? We need to remove that mark. How do you know you are marked? If you are a student, same issues will be repeating each time you are about to write examinations. The enemy has got something that he's planning, that he wants to mess you up. It's either your children. And this, this is what Jesus Christ said. He said, watch and pray. These are things we watch. Hear me, wherever you are hearing me. If you follow my ministry, listen to my advice. It's my first time, maybe my last time to give you this advice. Be watchful. Every event happening around you, don't just look at it. Something is happening behind the scene. Be very careful. Observe. Are you understand I'm talking to you? The enemy wants to finish you. The enemy wants to finish you. So you are marked for slaughter. Something. How do you know you are marked for slaughter? So the devil knows he's going into hell. Did you hear that? He knows he's going where? But he doesn't want to go alone. He want to go with you. So how do you know? You become familiar with God. You become familiar. That you even don't repent. The moment you start feeling completely unrepentant spirit and stubborn spirit in you, you are marked for slaughter. Because trust you me, hell is waiting for you. It takes mercy to forgive you. People go to hell because God didn't have mercy over them. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? It takes mercy for one to say, Lord, forgive me. It takes mercy for one to say, Lord, I'm changing. But if a person is developing a repentant heart, you just know that this person is marked for what? It's exactly with Judas. 
How? Do you know Judas? Do you know Judas repented? That, oh, I've done something. He even took that money and gave it back. Do you hear that? Do you hear that? And then he went ahead and killed himself. He was marked. And we have people right now who are walking like this with a mark on their head like this. The enemy say, I'll finish your money. You'll get money, you can't even see what your money does. Even if money comes like this, you have the money, it will just disappear. You don't even understand. You don't understand. You are marked to be poor. You are marked to be struggling. Somebody say, I rebuke you, devil. Let me show you the scripture. Psalm 51 verse 1, and I'm going to try to read NIV first. Psalm 51 verse 1. Okay? The Bible says what? For the director of music, a psalm of David. This is for David. When the prophet Nathan came to him after David had committed adultery with Bathsheba, what did he say? Have mercy on me, O God. According to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, brought out my transgression. He was actually marked for destruction. God says to him that what you have done, I will destroy you. Then he goes into prayer. He says, I need mercy. That mark was removed. Am I talking to somebody here? Oh, yeah. God never came back to David to repeat, to say, David, you committed this sin. There is no any day again which God had issues with David over that matter. It was sorted and settled. When mercy came, mercy deleted the mark which was there. So what does mercy mean in this regard? Mercy, the word mercy in English comes from a Latin word mercy or messes from Latin. It is mercy or messes. You hear that? It is a Latin word. It, it, it is borrowed from the Latin word. It is message or messes. Normally, it means debt paid. Hello? The word message means what? Debt paid or loan canceled. The word message means debt paid or debt canceled in English. And in Latin, when you check that from dictionary, it means that you, 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 have, you have been forgiven. So if I had a debt, right? A bank is all over me. It's all over me. All this, all this, all this, all this, all this. Then the bank says, we are getting all your collateral. And we'll seize them to be ours. Then I take the money I pay. Then the bank says, ah, now we are giving you back your things. Hello? That is now, in according to the bank sector, that now means mercy. So the bank says, it's okay, it's fine. Since you have paid your money, we are giving you back your things. Now, that is in the banking sector. In the legal sector, the word mercy, it means lenient ruling. It means clemency in the ruling. So the judge will say, um, with all these things we are seeing over here, you, you've been in prison for 10 years, but 
considering what you have complained, this, you, have, you, you are an orphan, you have this, 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 this. I have mercy over you. You'll be there for two weeks. The punishment you're supposed to take for 10 years, you take it for two weeks in, in the courts. In the Bible, it is now different. Hello? I, I, are you understanding what I'm saying? In the Bible, it is different. The word mercy may mean help. If, if there are poor people and a person takes money and you go to give, what you are doing, it is known as the act of mercy. Because you are helping where there is a problem. It is the same thing the Bible says, show mercy for I will also show you what. In other words, when you need something, God too will also come and give you that hand. Hello? Are you following? So what is mercy? So from, from that point, it goes back to what I spoke to you in the beginning, that it is a system of God's advantage. So if God wants to advantage you, he uses that system of mercy. But hear this. There is a big problem where to have a comparison with the word compassion. Because people be like, so what is the difference between compassion and mercy? Because they all sound the same. If somebody says, God have compassion over my life, have mercy on me, what is the difference? The difference is mercy. Oh, you hear that? Mercy is a fruit of compassion. Mm. Mercy is a fruit of what? Compassion. In other words, he has wronged me, right? He has wronged me. After he has wronged me, then I, I choose to forgive him. That is compassion. Then I take something to help him. That is now mercy. I cannot show him mercy without compassion. You know? So for you to have mercy, there must be first what? Compassion. So if I have compassion, if I'm compassionate, then I can now be a person of mercy. So that's what the Bible says. God is God of compassion, full of mercy. Everywhere you hear in the Bible, there is compassion and mercy moving together. Because you cannot show mercy if you are not compassionate. You must be compassionate for the poor, for you to be thinking of helping them. You must have compassion for ECG, for the church, for you to be giving in the church. So you cannot show mercy in the church if you don't have compassion towards the church. It is the, the compassion that is inside of you. It is a deep feeling that is inside of you. It is what makes you to become. And this is why God is God of compassion. Because if, if he was not compassionate, he would never show mercy. So mercies are results. Mercies are results of compassionate. So God is compassionate and he shows mercy. Hello? This is why people be like, Papa, pray for me. I, if I get a breakthrough, if I get a breakthrough, I want to be giving in the church. You are mad. 
Give now. If, who told you that the compassion will come when you have money? Compassion comes now. You cannot be saying, oh, eh, eh, when, when I become rich, Papa, pray for me when I, oh, ah, when I become rich. Papa, you will see. Me. God will be like, hey, he's lying. He's a thief. Because you need, first of all, to be compassionate. When you are compassionate, it is compassion. Are, are you understand what I'm saying to you? It is what? Compassionate. So for, for you to remove the mark out of your life, if the enemy wants to destroy your marriage, and he has marked your marriage for destruction, you need God to have compassion over your marriage. Then he will now put up his mercy. So you need an ignition to ignite that mercy. And that is compassion. So God must be compassionate. Now, if you see here in Psalms 51, David is already having a mark. And God has an issue with David. But David cancels it by calling for mercy. The moment mercy came, God forgets about that. And that punishment moves out of David. How many understand what I'm talking about? Last service, I shared with you how God spoke to him and said through God, uh, through the seer, his name was called God. He said to David, he said, David, God says you should choose one from the three punishments. Either he gives you a punishment or you fall in the hands of men or you run away. He says, hey, wait, 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 wait. He said, I need to fall in the hands of God for his mercy is great. Am I talking to somebody here? Oh, yeah. I, would be, I would rather be punished by because his mercy is great. And the, and the prophet said, okay, because you have chosen God, God will punish you. And guess what? It was a sin of David. But people in the country didn't pray for mercy. It was only David who prayed for what? An angel came from heaven and began to kill everyone in the country where David was. Yet it was David who made the mistake. And the angel never touched David. Because David had prayed for what? Until David cried to God, he said, God, you have killed us so much. But it is me who did wrong. Please stop. Why can't you do this to me? But God couldn't come closer to David. Because there was so much mess around him. He had called a system of I'm not talking to you. Oh, yeah. I told you Adonijah died in the temple. He did nothing wrong. He was a right son of David. From the wife of David to become the next king. Hey, nothing wrong he did. There was no sin he committed. Nothing. But the guy was a destitute. He didn't have mercy. And Solomon had the mercy. And God said, next king, Solomon, jump, jump over. Solomon comes from another woman. For his mercy is great. Mercy can change things which people think they are wrong. What have I said? Mercy can change everything. Mercy can change everything. And then mercy went to Solomon. And Adonijah is confused. 
God, what is happening? So he goes in the temple to pray. He's bowing on, on, the, on the covenant box, on the ark of the Lord. He said, Lord, here I am. What is happening? For I am the right heir of my father's throne. For you made me to be the king after my father. I have come here to, as he's praying like that. Another guy comes there, sent by God to kill him. And he was killed in the temple as he was praying to God. Right on the Ark of the Covenant. He was a destitute. There was no mercy. Raise up your hands and say, Father, I call for your mercy. It doesn't matter how prayerful you are. He, he died in prayer. Because he didn't have mercy. He died in intercession. As he was doing intercession, he was killed. There was no mercy. And then, you know what Solomon said? He, Solomon said, he said, Lord, it is by your great mercy that you have chosen me to be a king. Solomon, he knows he needed it. He says it is mercy. He didn't say just mercy, he said great. Remember great mercy? The one for international platforms. Uh, if you're following me, just raise your hand where you are. Say, prophet, I'm following loud and clear. David said, have mercy on me, O God. According to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgression. That word transgression there, what is a transgression? A transgression is a mark. If you do something wrong, it stays on you. It is called a transgression. Hello? Are you here? Somebody say, I hear you, prophet. Now, so what does mercy do here? We see mercy coming upon the love of David and completely removing the mark which was on his life, which could lead him to destruction. And when mercy comes upon your life, it doesn't matter what type of a mark, whether it is a mark of transgression, whether it is a mark in your marriage, your relationship, in your body, but when mercy comes, every mark is taken out. I command that to happen tonight. Whatever was about to happen in your business, any bad thing about to happen in your marriage, in your career, in your body, in your children, by the mercies of God, you will walk out without any scratch. You will survive in the name of Jesus. Nothing bad will happen. In the name of Jesus. Any plan of the enemy in your marriage, in your body, in your finances, tonight is being cancelled. I say it is being cancelled tonight. Receive in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout mercy. Cancel the mark. Sell out a mercy. Cancel the mark. In the name of Jesus. In Matthew 17, oh Rakaba Shikarahata. Rakabara. There was a boy who was marked by the enemy that whenever he sees water, he must fall in the water. Did you hear me? He was not falling anywhere. 
But whenever he sees water, he must fall in the water. Whenever he sees fire, he must fall in the fire. He was marked to fall in the fire and to fall in the water. This man had already a destiny of death. That what would kill him one day was the fire or the water. So whenever he's near fire, people had to come closer to him. Whenever he's near the water, people had to come closer to him. But there was fear. Why if one day he sits alone? Because if he sees water there and he's standing like this, he will just begin to rotate, to rotate and force in the water and begin to form on the mouth. They had to go and remove him. Whenever he sees the fire, he just begins to rotate like this and fall into the fire. He, the devil had marked the boy to be falling in the fire and to be falling in the water. Now let's see. In Matthew 17, okay? Uh, let's go verse 14. When they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. Lord, have mercy on my son. Wait a minute, just there. Did you hear that? Yes. The man went and he knelt before who? Before Jesus. And he said what? Lord, Lord have mercy on What my was son. wrong with the son? He had a mark. When, oh, what's, what's the mark? You see there. He says what? He has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire. And into the water. Or into the water. The boy, now in King James Version, hear this. The boy was diagnosed of epilepsy. Doctors had described the disease as epilepsy. And this was diagnosed. And they said this is the sickness of the boy. But it was not the sickness. Some of you, what you have diagnosed with is not a sickness. I told you, some of you, what you're facing, the financial problems you're facing now, it's not economy. An economist would diagnose it as, ah, this is uh, depression, financial depression, or financial recession. But it's not. Here, what the Bible says, it says, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is what? Lunatic. And so vexed. For oft times he falleth into the fire. The word often means a lot of times. It happens rapidly. And off into the water. The boy had this problem. Some of you often you fall into debts. Some of you, yeah. We're not talking about you falling in the fire. Some of you fall into debts. Or fall into financial discomforts. So can you imagine if you if it was you meeting Jesus, you wouldn't say you fall in the water. You'd be saying, "Papa, I fall in the water of money, of debts, or the fire." Some of you are in fire already, right? It's not like you you you're already in the fire. You have, <laughs> as we are talking now, we have got people right now who not often they fall. They have already fallen. They're in a fire right now. Somebody say, hear you, prophet. See what the Bible there says. Look at that. Now, in NKJV, I like it. It talks of a disease. For he is an epileptic. 
and suffers severely. For he often falls into the fire and often into the water. Often. In verse 16, so I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, Oh, faithless and perverse generation. Can you imagine, Papa? I've been praying. Oftentimes, I fall in financial crisis. I fall in financial debt. I fall in these problems. Our relationship, our marriage is like this. My children, oftentimes. Then Jesus says, faithless. Say, faithless. It is not epilepsy that is a matter here. It is not epilepsy. What's the problem? It is a demon. We need to remove it. See the scripture there. It says what? It says, then Jesus answered, Oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. Next scripture. And Jesus rebuked the demon. To the father, it was not a demon. It was epilepsy. To you, it is not a demon. It is a financial problem. To you, it's just a sickness. To you, it's just your son being crazy. To you, it's just your wife being difficult. To you, it's just your husband. But to Jesus, he sees a real cause. He rebuked the demon. Why is he rebuking the demon? Because of verse 15. Have mercy on my son. The man had invited the system. He said, have mercy Let's go back to the prayer of a man. Look at verse 15. What is he saying? He's saying what? Lord, have mercy. It is a mercy that is commanding Jesus to release deliverance over the son. And what the Bible says in verse 18. In verse 18, the Bible says, And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. That mark was removed. When the mercy comes, what mark of the enemy was there is taken out. Some of you, you have a mark of debts right now as I'm talking to you. When the mercy comes, debts will be paid off. Some of you right now have a mark of diseases in your body. When the mercy comes, diseases will disappear. When the mercy comes, that plan of the enemy will disappear. It doesn't matter when a message comes on a person. The mark is removed. Are you here? They were saying Gideon is the poorest family. Gideon even said, God, I come from the most poorest and unknown family. Who am I? When a message came upon Gideon, that history was deleted. He became the ruler. Are you here? David... He had a mark. Even his brother said, who do you think you are? You are just a shepherd boy. This is a mark they had on him. That this is who he is. When mercy came, he became the king. That mark was deleted. Tonight I pray. May God delete every mark of the enemy. What they think about you. What the enemy is planning about you. Your situation. What you are passing through. Shall be deleted tonight. Somebody shall receive the mercy. Somebody shout, I receive the message.